Hallelujah. Are you blessed? Are you blessed? Say, I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed in the house of the Lord. Your home is still the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Today, I want to start a sermon series that I entitled, The Storms of Life. The sermon series I entitled The Storms of Life. It's going to be a few, a few weeks and we are going to be looking at the storms of life. You can also nickname it the night seasons, the night seasons. But I, I like to call it the storms of life. And it's going to go for a, couple, a few weeks. And I'm going to be using, I'm going to give you the text. I'm going to be using three, three books. That's Mark chapter 4. That's the story of Jesus with his disciples in the storm. Mark chapter 4 from 37 to 41. And we're also going to look at um, Acts chapter 27 for all the, the whole chapter. Acts chapter 27, that's Paul on his way to Rome. That is also another storm that he encountered. And then we are going to be looking at another storm in Jonah chapter 1. In Jonah chapter 1. And these are all storms that hit various people at various times. And there were reasons that the storms um, were sent and the storms hit. See, storms signify uh, unexpected turbulence. Unexpected things that happen in the lives of human beings. I want us to turn our Bibles to uh, Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1. We're going to start with the story in Jonah chapter 1. I'm going to start from verse 1 all through to verse 17. Jonah chapter 1. The Bible says that now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amittai saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah was gone, had gone to, into the lower part, lowest part of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. So the captains came to him, the captain came to him and said, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps he will consider us so that we may not perish. And he said, then they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and it fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Please tell us for what, tell us for whose cause is this upon us, not what is your occupation and where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? So many questions they were asking. Verse 9 says that, So he said to them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the seas and the dry land. And the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why, do you, why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. And they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may become for us? And he, for the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to them, pick me and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to the land. But they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, we pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done this as it pleased you. So they picked up um, Jonah and threw him into the sea and the sea ceased uh, from, from its region. 
Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Then the Lord prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. Storms are part of life. Storms are part of life. Let me give you a definition of a storm. A storm is a violent disturbance in the atmosphere marked by a strong wind or strong winds, usually by uh, rains, snow, hail, sleet, thunder, lightning, and normally the wind speed is from 64 to 72 miles per hour. Very violent wind follow, accompanied by snow, hail, thunder, lightning, and all that. You know, storms are things that have, is a natural occurrence. In fact, in, in uh, insurance, they call it acts of God. Acts of God. I don't know why they call it that way, but they call it acts of God. It happens in life. A storm represents difficulties. A storm represents problems, loneliness, strength, stress. A storm represents weakness and depression. You know, sometimes, even as we gather as a church or we gather as people, maybe at work, there may be somebody who is going through a storm, but the storm is an internal storm. Only the person who is going through feels what he's going through. Nobody else may be feeling the storm as he is feeling it. So everybody may be smiling to you, maybe, hello, how are you? Can I help you? How was your weekend? Everything. But they are going through some violent storm. A storm can be, you know, family storm. It can be marital storm. It can be financial storm. It could be economic storm. Whatever the storm is, sometimes it could be that you are sick in your body. And only you, I, I know of a story of uh, a, a wife that had been suffering from cancer. And for some reason, she couldn't bring herself to telling her husband that she had cancer. And the doctor had really told her that she was terminal. She was about to, they had given her two years to live. And for two years, she was in, at home with her husband doing all the things that wives do. But she was going through the storm by herself alone. A nice season happens. Sometimes you may be with somebody and the person is going through a storm. And you may not necessarily know that they are going through a storm. Here's a case. Jonah was sent by God to go to Nineveh to preach against the city, to tell the city that if they don't repent from their sins, God was sending impending judgment and impending uh, 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 calamity to the city. And because Jonah was so hateful of the men of, and the people of the city of Nineveh, he decided that he wasn't going to do the job. He was going to go down south to Tarshish and stay in Tarshish because he didn't want to fulfill the assignment that God had given to him. So he took, he boarded the, 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 the ship and went down to the stand to sleep. It's amazing how the story of Jonah tells us that Jonah was asleep in the midst of the storm. And in Mark, the story of the storm that Jesus and his disciples were in also tells us that Jesus was asleep on a pillow. You see, in a storm, there are some people who can be in a storm and survive the storm. There are others who go through a storm and the storm takes them out. See, the reason why I want us to talk about the storm uh, the storm series is to prepare us, is to make us the type of people that we can go through the storm and come out on the other side successful. Some people disintegrate in the storm. Some people will come out of the storm, but they will never be the same again because they'll come out of the storm having been disorganized or lost everything. If you, if you look at the story of, uh, of the... Um, Paul, when they went through the storm, they lost everything. In fact, the ship itself was broken in half. It was broken in pieces. And they had to uh, use planks of, of wood to, 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 to stay afloat. See, storms can hit anybody. It is how you come out of the storm that is important. You know, there's a story in the Bible. I know we all know it. The, the book of, of, of Job. The Bible says that Job 
one day, first chapter, one day he was, he was in his house and he heard that his servants were, were uh, having a meeting and immediately some Arabians came and took them away, slaves. His sons and his daughters were having a, a party in the, um, the house of the senior brother. And the Bible says that suddenly a great wind from across the wilderness struck the corners, the four corners of the house. You know, that, that story in, in Job chapter 1 verse 18 says that while he was still speaking, Another, others came and said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest, older brother's house. Suddenly a, a wind, a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people and they are dead. So here Job was going through a, a economic crisis because his servant had been taken, his sheep and oxen had Fire from nowhere, from the from lightning, just struck and killed them. And here he has a family storm as well. So for Job, it was economic storm, marital storm, financial storm. Every type of storm hit him at the same point in time. What marvels me is that the Bible says that the, the wind gathered in the four corners of the house and hit him. So it may hit them. It means that it did not, if, if there are about five or six or seven houses there, the Bible is saying that it hit just one house. Just one house suffered the storm. Everybody else didn't suffer the storm. So you see, sometimes when you're going through a storm, don't think that everybody's going through what you're going through. And don't stop because of your storm. You see, and when somebody is going through a storm, don't be... Uh, unfaced and become you don't empathize because it's like it's not your storm listen if somebody is going through a storm today tomorrow might be your turn so it is very very important that you intercede for somebody when he's going through their storm today because yours is coming see the storm represents difficulties as I said the storm have the potential to harm lives and property via the storm surge. See, part of a storm, uh, I was looking at this, part of a storm, a hurricane is, is, another, is a type of a storm. And in the, when you do, anybody who has done a little bit of um, uh, what these tarot cards, uh, palm readers and all these occultic people, they have a way of, de of describing the hurricane. They say that the storm in the hurricane symbolizes the hidden shadow. They call the storm the hidden shadow, which means that there is an unseen force behind the storm that has been sent. See, anytime uh, during the summertime, late summertime, August going, you see that uh, the Americas, that uh, Southern America, the Caribbean, they go through the stormy season. And sometimes the storm will just target one island or a couple of islands. Sometimes it will hit one island, devastate the whole economy. The people, lives, property will be lost and skip the next island next door and go to another island or go to the shores of America, Florida and, and places like that to go and hit. So they have names that they give to the hurricane, Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane, uh, uh, all those type of names they give. See, but the one common thing that the hurricanes leave is devastation. Hurricanes always leave a certain devastation that people go, it's like property is lost, people are, and sometimes the people are never the same again. After the hurricane, their, their lives are changed forever. Some, you see, uh, the people that went through the hurricane last year, they haven't recovered. Some of the, the, the islands that went through the hurricane up to today, they are still trying to uh, rebuild and they haven't been able to rebuild because hurricane has a way of taking everything out of you. See, spiritual hurricanes or emotional hurricanes or financial and all those type of hurricanes, when they hit you, they have a way of sapping the energy out of you. 
What I'm trying to do today, or what we are doing with this series, is to try and ensure us, try and fortify us. You see, one of the things they do when the hurricane is coming, they try to get, uh, uh, they board up their, their houses. Or they try to fortify the houses so that when the storms come, and, and it, they can protect some of the properties so that not everything is lost, if anything at all is going to be lost. So the more we we hatch down and buckle down and protect ourselves with this word, the better it will be for you and I. And that is why we are going through this series. The storm has the potential of harming lives. Spiritual symbol of, of, of the storm is represented by fear. See, when spiritually, when you're going through that turbulent um, time, the first thing that, in first indication or the first thing, uh, reaction that any human being goes through with this type of storm is fear. Hallelujah. And anytime fear is introduced, faith is taken out. When fear comes, faith goes. And see, the Bible says in uh, 1 John 5 4, anyone that is born of, of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith. So the thing that Satan is afraid of the most about us is our faith in God. It's our belief in God. And if he can take your belief out away from you by bringing fear so that you forget everything you, have, you, you stand for, everything you believe in, he has won. Because once fear comes in, any and everything comes in. In, in, the, in chapter 4, in Job, it says that the thing that I greatly feared has come of, of, upon me. See, when fear comes, it, it paves the way for everything that Satan wants to do, to do. See, when uh, COVID-19 hit, the first thing COVID-19 brought was fear. It was not uh, death. It brought fear. And when fear came and everybody started being afraid, then death entered. Then the devastation came in. Because fear is like the reverse of faith. See, if everything, you, you overcome the world through faith in God. So that whatever, the just shall live by faith. What you believe is what you receive. You know, and, and you confess it. And in, in Hebrews 11, it says that the things that are seen were made of the things that are not seen. For by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Hallelujah. So you see that the, the faith is something that makes us receive the things we don't see already. In the same way, fear makes the things that we haven't seen and yet are afraid of, it comes to us. Hallelujah. So spiritually, what the storm does is to hit us initially with fear. Amen. And when you are afraid, when you are afraid, you, op you are open. So now let's turn our attention. Let's look at the types of storms. The types of storms. It's not, every storm is not a hurricane. There are different types of storms. The first type of storm, and as we are talking about storm, I want you to look at it not as the physic, uh, physically alone, but let's look at the connotation on, on the spiritual side and how it affects us uh, also. The first type of storm that I want us to look at is the storms of life, the normal type of storm. You know, in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, the Bible says that God makes the rain to, to rain on the, the, the just and unjust alike. So the just and unjust alike, we go through the rainy season, the storms, normal storms. Normal storms are not necessarily uh, designed to, to hurt us. They are not designed to kill us. They are not designed to, to steal from us. They are just part of life. You know, I call it the, the type of storm that helps, it, it, it helps you to become it gives you uh, an, an ob obstacle to overcome. And the more you overcome, the better you become because you become more experienced. Like the storm of exams. It's a normal storm, isn't it? The storm of uh, writing an interview or writing an exam or, or, or going, going to look for a job and going for an interview for the job. It's a normal storm. It's, it's something that the more you do, 
the better you become. You become more experienced in life for it. So it's, it's, it's a nice storm. There are some storms that we engineer by our foolishness. That's the second type of storm. We engineer the storm by our foolishness and our diso- disobedience. Hallelujah. You know, the, 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 the prodigal son, the Bible says that the prodigal son, he took his father's living and he went and wasted it with prostitutes in riotous living. And when he had finished spending everything that his father had, he went through a storm of famine. Now, how many will agree with me that that storm was a self-imposed storm? If he had stayed in his father's house, the famine was not in his father's house. The famine was in the land that he had gone to out of his own disobedience and his foolishness. That's the kind of storm I'm talking about. Like the kind of storm uh, Jonah is in at the moment as we are talking about Jonah. It's a storm that he put himself in. If he had gone to Nineveh, he wouldn't be in the storm in the sea. Hallelujah. He would have been all right. But because he wanted to disobey God, he took the ship that is bound for Tarshish, the ship that's going to Joppa, and then he took to to hitchhike on because Joppa was further down from Tarshish. So Tarshish, then Joppa. So he he took a a, a train that is going to, instead of getting off uh, 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 the London-bound train, he was going to Peterborough. So when he got to Peterborough, he, he gets down. If he hadn't taken that train and stayed in, in uh, Manchester or stayed in Leeds, he wouldn't be in the storm. If, for, like, for instance, uh, God had sent him to Newcastle to go and preach in Newcastle. Then he said, no, I don't like the people in Newcastle, so I'm going to go down to London. So he takes the train on his way to uh, uh, London. He, he, then he gets off at Peterborough. The storm was on the way to uh, Peterborough. If he had stayed or gone to Newcastle, he would be all right. Hallelujah. How many have gone through some storm that you put yourself in? Some marital storm. You went, the, you knew this guy was not correct. In fact, they gave you the advice that this person, don't marry this person. But I said, no, 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 no. I, no, I don't care what you say. This is the one I want. That's the type of storm that is self-inflicted. Out of your, our own disobedience, we go through certain storms. You know, the funny thing about this is that those are the type of storm that makes us more angry with God. <laughs> I don't know why, but it makes us more angry because we feel that he should have done something about it. But if you be very honest with yourself, you'll know that you were the one who orchestrated your own storm. Amen. Then the third one is the storm that God sends for our growth. Sometimes God sends a certain type of storm, and that storm is not to hurt us. That storm is not to defeat us, but it's supposed to help us grow. Like the storm we're talking about in Mark chapter 4, Matthew 14. The Bible says that Jesus sent, told the disciples, let us go to the other side. They were going to the other side, and there the storm hits them. But that storm was supposed to teach them that, listen, the man that you guys are serving is the one that can speak to the wind, and the wind will obey him. So when they went through, they, 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 they were marveled, and they said, what kind of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? It was for their growth and to increase their faith. Sometimes our storm, God sends the storm to show you that he is, he is a God that can answer. Amen. A sister called me yesterday, and um, the child just, the, the child was praying at one minute, and then another minute, the child just fell down and was dying. The eyes had rolled back. The black was gone. The people was gone, just white. And the sister called me very frantic and very, very, um, she was all over the place. So I told her, calm down, calm down. I asked her, get a uh, uh, oil, and then I prayed. Because she called the, the, the NHS, uh, what do you call it, the ambulance. The ambulance said because of COVID-19 and all that, she would not come in. This was just yesterday. So I, I prayed with the sister. Then I told her, just come, leave him. After I prayed, I said, leave him there, he'll be fine. 
Within 20 minutes, she called me back, very excited. Pastor, the child is okay. The child is okay. She's, she's, she's up and she's, she's, she's all right. Hallelujah. Sometimes this type of storms, God sent them for you to know that there's power in prayer. Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? This type of storm is not supposed to, to uh, hurt us, but it's supposed to educate us. So you see, God can use anything. Even the things that we think is all always orchestrated by Satan. God can use it to educate you. Hallelujah. The next one is that there are storms where we are dragged into by others. There are certain storms that are not your storms, but you are dragged in. You see, the mariners in, in, this, in this passage we just read, they were, not part, they were not supposed to suffer a storm. But because Jonah, through his disobedience, had entered their ship, now they were going through the storm together with Jonah. It wasn't their storm, but somebody had brought that storm into their lives. You know, there's a story in, in uh, uh, Joshua. How many remember the, the book of Joshua, Achan's story? Achan went and took the thing that God said, do not take from Jericho. Don't take anything, utterly destroy everything. But Achan stole and hid some gold and things. And because of his disobedience, when they went to the small town, the smaller town of Ai, they could not destroy the town. In fact, they some of them lost their lives and they were defeated, not because they were not strong, not because God had forsaken them, but somebody had dragged them into the storm. Hallelujah. Sometimes the storms we go through is the disobedience of somebody. Sometimes it can be our spouse, our children. It could be anything, anybody. Sometimes it's the member of the church can bring a storm to the whole church. Hallelujah. It could be anybody. It's a storm that sometimes people drag us into. See, Joshua suffered Achan's defeat, uh, defeat because of Achan. The, the guys who were in the, in the ship with Paul, they suffered defeat. Or, or if you like, Paul suffered defeat or suffered a, a, a shipwreck. Even though Paul told them not to travel, they traveled on the ship. Because Paul told them that the God that I served told me yesterday night that there will be much trouble as we are going. So let us not go. But they said, no, no, the, the weather is nice. Let's go. And their word was bigger and stronger than Paul. So they went and they caught the storm. Next one, the storm. So now we've talked about the types of storm. Now, what is a storm designed to do? What are the storms designed to do? That's what I want us to look at. The storm, number one, is designed to make you Take hasty decisions. The storm is designed by Satan to make you make hasty decisions. You see, as soon as Job had gone through his storm, the first thing his wife came to tell him is curse God and die. That was the first thing. As soon as immediately he went through the calamity of losing his, his property, losing his family, his children, and everything. And he was just trying to make sense of what was going on. He was not so much aware of everything and very, very frantic. His wife came and said, Do you still serve God? Why don't you curse God and die? The storm is designed. Sometimes to make you take hasty decisions. The first thing that happened when the mariners saw that the sea was contrary, even before they went to wake jo Jonah up, the first thing they did was they started tossing their valuables overboard. In, in, uh, in uh, Acts chapter 27, they said that when Paul was going through the storm, they tossed overboard the tackle, which is the thing that they used to guard or the, more like the compass that they used to guard the, where the ship is going. Once the tackle is gone, it means you, are, you obey the wind. You don't have any sense of direction. Hallelujah. Sometimes what Satan is trying to do is to make you take the wrong decision during the storm. 
As soon as the lockdown happens, you take a wrong decision. You know, there are various people who were, went, uh, maybe traveled. You, uh, I know of a friend, he went to, uh, for a, a meeting in another country. And then as soon as he got there, the lockdown has happened. And he's locked in a strange country, doesn't know anybody. His children are somewhere. He is somewhere. You know, what, what is the decision you're going to make? Are you going to take the right decision? Are you going to do something silly? Satan always wants us to make the wrong decision. See, what you need to do in the storm is don't be quick to make a decision. Take your time. Look to God. Hear the voice of God. Allow God to speak to you, even through the storm. Hallelujah. Let's not do something wrong in the storm. In the middle of the storm, if we call on God, God will give us a direction. Hallelujah. If you feel something is pushing you, I can assure you it's not the Holy Spirit. It's pushing you to make a, a, a decision. It's pushing, pushing. No, no, don't make the decision because you're going through a storm. Take your time. Pray about it. Let God speak to you. When we read the, psalm, psalm, uh, the 23rd Psalm, it says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down. Anytime the Lord is leading, he makes you to lie down. He makes you to be calm. He makes you, he leads me beside still waters. He leads me beside still waters. He makes me lie down. He leads me beside still waters. It tells you how God leads us. When you feel frantic and you're taking very impromptu decisions, you know, this type of emotional decisions, it's not God. Hallelujah. The, thing, the second thing that the storm is also designed for you to do is it's designed for you to depend on the wisdom, worldly wisdom, rather than godly wisdom. First thing is make you be afraid and take hasty decision. The second thing is to make you listen to, let's go back to verse 7, that's uh, Jonah, we are looking at Jonah. You, you see that Jonah, the people cast lots. Hallelujah. They cast lots to decide what was happening. <laughs> Amen. And in those days where they came from, uh, in, those, in that region, the custom was that when you don't know, you cast lots. That if, if uh, it's not A, then it's B. So they, they throw some things or they take some. It's like, you know, drawing the short straw. If they draw the short straw, then it means, it means this. If it's the long straw, then it means that. That is not how God leads. Hallelujah. Verse 7 says that, And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for who, whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Amen. Do not take worldly wisdom as your compass to guide you during the storm. Always run to God. I said always run to God. Let God lead. Amen. Let God, don't go to people of the world and ask them what to do. Don't run to worldly people to ask them what to do. Somebody say, ah, my, my, I'm having marital challenges. My husband has done this. What do I do? Or say, my husband has cheated. What do you do? Or oh, you two also go and cheat. I saw on my husband's phone, a, a lady had sent a, a picture you to go and find a boyfriend. That is not godly counsel. Amen. I'm thinking of a few examples, but they all get me in trouble, so I'll stop there. Next one. The storm is also designed to make you look for the easy way out. The storm is also designed to make you look for the easy way out. You know, verse, two, verse 14 says that, therefore they cried out, that's uh, Jonah chapter 1, verse 14 says, they cried out to, the, out to the Lord and said, we pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life. Do not charge his, us with innocent blood, for you, O Lord, 
have done as it pleased you. See, they tried to go towards the harbor. When they couldn't, they just said, hey, let's get the easy way out. If it is Jonah, let's throw him overboard. If you throw him overboard, we'll be all right. And that's okay. Amen. See, some, uh, when you look at Acts chapter 27, it says that um, because the harbor wasn't up to the standard, you see, Paul, Paul um, said to them, that he suggests that they should go to the harbor and stay overnight and not travel because he perceived that that night season traveling, something bad was going to happen. Then the, the captain said, no, no, this harbor is not uh, to our standard. Moreover, the wind is calm, the, the weather is okay, let's go. We are more experienced, Paul. We are seamen, you are not. We are more experienced, nothing is going to happen, let's go. Take the easy way. That's what the storm is designed for you to do. Take the easy way out. Check out because you're going through. Please let us not do that. Amen. Let us always, the easy way is never always the right way. The Bible says that there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is death. The broad is the way that many are on, but it doesn't end in the right place. Narrow is the way. Sometimes the hard and difficult one is what you need. And that's what God is telling us to go for. And don't allow the storm to make you take the easy way out. The storm is also designed for us to follow the crowd. The storm sometimes is designed for us to follow the crowd. Because when the storm hits and everybody's running helter-skelter, everybody's is all over the place, you know, the first thing is like, they are running, so let me also run. So you also start running. You know, recently we all saw when people were buying toilet rolls. I don't even know, understand, up to this point, I'm trying to understand why people were buying so many toilet rolls. As if the toilet rolls was going to finish. Or what the toilet rolls was going to come back the COVID-19. But some people didn't even understand why they had to buy toilet rolls. They, they saw a lot of people buying a lot of toilet rolls. So they also went and bought a lot of toilet rolls to hide in their garages and... I don't know what has become of the toilet rolls. But don't follow the crowd. Hallelujah. I, I'm not, if you bought some toilet rolls, please, please don't look at me that way. Don't send me any uh, message. I won't read it. Amen. You know, there, there's something that I... Let's turn your Bibles with me to 2 Samuel. I want you to look at this scripture. 2 Samuel 15, 11. 2 Samuel 15, 11. The Bible says, Then 200 men went with Absalom from Jerusalem who were invited and went innocently for they did not know anything. In, in, the, in the King James, they went in the simplicity of their mind. They were airheads. Absalom was revolting and, 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 uh, against his father and just gathered men. Come, 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 come. Let's go, let's go, let's go. They all joined. We are going to, we are going to a demonstration. We are going to a, a luta. And then he went with them. In the simplicity of their minds. Hallelujah. Don't allow the storm to make you follow the crowd. In life, none of us are designed the same way. When you look at your fingers, the fingers are not the same length. We are all not wired the same way. Don't follow everybody. When you follow the crowd, you always go to the wrong destination. Because we are not going to the same place. So always make sure that you hear from God. Let God direct you. Let God lead you where he wants you to go. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to somebody? The next one is that the storm is de designed to make you depend on the circumstance rather than God. The storm is designed sometimes to make you depend on the circumstance. Like we are all depending on the circumstance of COVID-19. Rather than God. What is God saying in this pandemic season that we are in? What is God saying in this uh, lockdown season? What is God saying? Not what the circumstance is saying. Now that some people have been, um, uh, what, what's the word? Where you, you don't work, you get 80% of your, what? Fellowed. Some people have been fellowed. So, so I don't have any work. So let me sleep. 
Somebody was telling me, I don't even know whether it's morning or night because every time is sleep time. I sleep in the morning, I sleep in the afternoon, I sleep in the night. Because even when I don't, when I sleep till the next day, I get paid anyway. So, no, that is not, you are, that is you depending on the circumstance rather than depending on what God wants you. What does God want me to do at this time in my life, at this season of COVID-19? That is, the, that is what you need to do. Maybe this is the time God has designed it. You will look at it. One of the things that the storm is that is to arrest our attention. Sometimes God needs to arrest your attention. You see, for Jonah, God had to arrest his attention. And the way to do it was to make him go through the storm. Amen. Amen. So the, the four, so that's the, the, the things that the storm is designed to make you do. Now I want us to look at why does God allow the storm to affect you? Why does God allow the storm to affect you? And I just said it. The first one is that the God allows you to go through the storm because he wants to get your attention. Amen. The Lord speaks to us quietly in our hearts, but Sometimes when we don't pay attention, he raises the volume by sending a storm into our lives. I'm calling you. Go to Nineveh. Go and preach my word. Go and deliver my message to the people so that they change. Now, the, the thing that I want you to understand about, about uh, Jonah was that Jonah was a very haughty type of person. He was a very opinionated person. He was more angry about the lifestyle of Nineveh than God was. He hated the people of Nineveh more than God hated them. In fact, even when he went through the storm and ended up in the belly of the whale and eventually went to Nineveh to go and preach, he preached a certain type of message, change today or die, repent or die. And he was very angry when the people repented. God, he preached in such a way that he wanted the people to be angry and not repent so that God would indeed kill them. And he was very angry that when he, re- he preached the uh, message of repentance, immediately the men of uh, Nineveh, the king made every beast, man beast, even the uh, grass, uh, what do you call it, grass cutter was fasting. Even the, 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 the snake was made to fast. And he was angry with God. So that he went to sit under a juniper tree and said, I'm not, I'm not going to move until I see you destroy the city. And God was saying that, listen, the guys have repented. I, cannot, I said, go and tell them to repent or else I will do this. Now they've repented. So where is the or else? Hallelujah. He was a very haughty type of preacher. And see, the... the, the Storm was designed to get his attention. Can I submit to you that the storm of COVID-19 is designed to get your attention? The church of God has gone haywire. We are all into prosperity. We are all into what we will do for blessing. What we do, we are competing with each other, trying to outdo each other. We're trying to do this, trying to do that. And God has brought a reset. Now every church is empty. I have a church of 5,000 members. I have 10,000 members. I have 20,000 members. I have 500 branches. I have two branches. I have three branches. Now we all have one branch. And it's a camera. That's a reset. I said that is a reset. Are we, are we as a people, are we giving the attention that God has, has, has want to get from us? Are we paying that attention? Or are we... Are we not learning anything? Apologies to all the pastors if you are watching. But you know what I'm saying is true. Hallelujah. God wanted to get the attention of Jonah. So he sent the storm. God wants to get the attention of the church. I believe. That is what COVID-19 is there for. And I pray that as a church we don't miss out on what God wants to do with us. As a church, let's refocus and let's reset. Let us turn back to God. Let us begin to, to 
buy into the mind of God. Let us begin to pray and ask God, show us your way. Show us the, the way we need to go. This is the time that we need to buy into God's mind for us. The second thing is that the storm is designed to bring us to repentance. See, if you go, when we finish, you can read Job chapter 2. Job chapter, uh, sorry, Jonah chapter 2 is a, a prayer. The whole of Jonah chapter 2 is a prayer that Jonah prayed. And it's a prayer of repentance. He was saying that, Lord, I have sinned against you. I have disobeyed you. And he was asking God for one more chance. Hallelujah. See, the, the, the storm is designed to bring us to the place where we repent. In Psalm 139 verse 7, let's look at Psalm 139 verse 7, 7 to 10. Where can I go away from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the winds of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. See, I believe that the storm, this COVID-19 storm is designed to lay, God is designing it to lay hold of us as a church, as individuals. God is laying hold of you. This is not a time to sleep. You've been followed, you're getting paid and you're not doing it. It is a time to spend in God, with God. You have eight hours. You would have been at work eight hours doing the job you don't want to do. You don't like doing. And clock watching. Use the eight hours to read the Bible. Use the eight hours to pray. Use the eight hours to seek God. Start at nine o'clock. Give yourself one hour break in the afternoon and go back to it. And when it's five, five thirty, you can close. Amen. Because that is what this, this season is designed for. This is not a time to be crying. This is not a time to be worried about, uh, I, I don't know how much money I have in the bank. How much? No, no, no. This is not a time for that. This is the time to ask, why am I going through my storm? And try and make sure that you gain the maximum that you need to gain through the storm. Number three, the storm is designed to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. Amen. In, 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 uh, in um, the story we are looking at, that's Jonah. As I said, Jonah was somebody who was very haughty. He didn't have compassion on the guys in Nineveh. He wanted destruction for them. And you see, you can never minister to any group of people if you don't have compassion for them. Without compassion, there will be no anointing. So you need compassion, that compassion for anointing to flow through. In, in, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, the Bible says, And when Jesus saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Then he turned around to his disciples and said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth more laborers into the harvest field. He had compassion. So God allowed Jonah to go through the storm to change his heart. Even though Jonah's heart was still difficult, hard. But that was the, the, the reason for the, the storm. To change his heart, to conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I believe that COVID-19 storm is designed by God to make us conform to to God's image, to move away from this gospel of materialism, this materialistic gospel we've been preaching. This is the time that God wants to ask to change tact, become more like him, look more like Jesus than looking like a worldly church. Amen. The next one is that the storm is designed to equip us for his service. By the time we come out of this storm, we should be equipped for the service. I believe that we are about to enter the final leg. You know, have you ever run a 4x4 four four race? If you see a 4x4 four four race, there are four people running. 
So when the first person goes round, he passes the baton to the next person, and then they go to the third one. This is the fourth one. I believe that as we the church emerges out of quarantine, is the final leg that we are going in. And in, in, in Joel, the Bible said, the glory of the latter house shall be greater. Most of the time, if you have a, a quartet, they put their best uh, runner at the end. Because if they are, they are behind, they want to catch up and lead. If they are leading at the, at the fourth run, they want to be far ahead of the competition. And as a church, I believe that this uh, COVID-19, this stormy season that we are going through, is designed by God to make us become even more focused, even more Equipped for the service, equipped for the battle ahead, equipped for the harvest that is about to come. I believe that the church is about to expand. When I say the church, I'm not talking about this church alone. The church of God is just about to expand. It's just because now everybody is beginning to see that science cannot help us much. Everybody is beginning to see that, you know, I heard this, this story. I don't know whether it's a, it's, a, it's a true story or it's a joke. That the a, a, a president said that, they have nuclear bombs. Why don't they use the nuclear bombs to er eradicate uh, COVID-19? Then, then they have to blast everybody on the earth. Because so long as there are people, COVID-19 has a way of getting through. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? So you see, all the things that we have put our faith and our trust in, by this season of of pandemic uh, uh, season of COVID-19 has shown us that the things that we are we have put our trust in is really nothing. And we need to reset. We need to be equipped as a church for the service of God. This is a time that the church has to pray more than it's ever done before. This is a time that the church of God should become very equipped for winning, for soul winning. Hallelujah. The storm is also designed to demonstrate God's power in our lives. God's power in our lives. The storm is designed to make us know that, listen, Jonah, I, in spite of all the miracles he was doing and all the things that he was doing, the storm taught him that he's, he doesn't, he's nothing. He cannot disobey God. God says, go to Nineveh, you take a, a ship to go to Tashish. And the storm showed Jonah that he was nothing. Amen. Sometimes the storm that we are going, even as a church, God has designed this storm to make the church of God know that we cannot go contrary to what his word says. We cannot now become partisan, now become, you know, we are all inward looking, we are trying to outdo each other, and my church is bigger than your church. No, no, no. no. So now where is the size of the church in, again? Somebody was saying that now those, those who don't have a large congregation, they are happy because the big ones are now like <laughs> common floor. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, I believe that the storm is designed to equip us for his service. Number five, the storm is designed, uh, number six, the storm is designed for God to reveal himself to us. For some of us, we have spent more time in prayer and more time in the word of God now than we've ever done in a very long time. Because of this storm that we are going through as a people, we are, you know, difficulty and um, uh, when things happen, incidents, accidents, and all those type of nice season happens, it's a way that draws people back to God. When uh, in 9-11, when the Twin Towers were bombed, you see that all the churches in America were filled. Everybody went to church because it is designed to reveal God to us that, hey, there's a God that has been keeping us up to this point. So turbulent times gives us a new perspective on the Lord and how he works. Sometimes this comes after the storm. When we look back and see how God has brought us through, then we, we understand better that his strength is sufficient for us and his purpose is always good for us. Hallelujah. Last but one, 
is that the storm is designed to demonstrate God's love. It's another chance. See, God gave Jonah another chance in the belly of the whale. That you have another chance to repent. Because Jonah said, Lord, if you would let me out. Let, let me, let, let me read, read uh, verse 7. He says that, that's Jonah chapter 2, verse 7. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer went up to you in your holy temple. Those who re regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Amen. This is somebody who now suddenly realized after being disobedient, he realized that God has demonstrated his love. God is demonstrating his love. And he ought to think correctly. Amen. Once we understand God's thoughts, and his ways being higher than ours, we realize that any storm he brings is to motivate us, is motivated by his love. It is not to harm us, it's not to, to cause us harm, but it's designed to make us better. How many, how many remember, you know, when you wanted to walk, your mother or your father will, give you, will, will be teasing you with something? Uh, they, they would lift something and you are trying to get it and you can't move and then they, say, they keep urging you. Maybe they have like a biscuit or a sweetie and they are like, come for it, come for it. And you're taking a step and you, you, sometimes you take one step before, you take another step before and they keep urging you with a, it's, like, it's a storm. As you are getting up, taking one step and falling, getting up, taking one step and falling. It's a storm, but it's designed by love. It's motivated by love to get you to walk. Hallelujah. Is this designed so that the best or the better out of you will come out. The last one for today is that it reminds us who is in control. I think the world is now knows that God is in control. Not the United World Health Organization, not the United Nations, not America, not uh, North Korea or South Korea or, or China. Or, no, no, none of these people are in control. God rules in the affairs of men. It's so obvious. Because if it was one country who's ruling, they would have brought the cure by now. Amen. If one country had the cure, they would have brought it by now. That nobody is, is doing anything because nobody can do anything. If God says that the cure is not going to be found till tomorrow, the cure is not going to be found till tomorrow. If God says that today I'm bringing the cure, that's it. It's settled. Hallelujah. Because we, his knowledge is complete. God never makes mistakes. I believe that this COVID-19 season is not a mistake. It's not an accident. You know, almost all the prophets couldn't pick it up. It was designed by God. To reset, I believe, not only the world, but the church as well. The church needs reset. And the way we do church must change. With this night season. As we bow our heads to pray. I want you to pray. I don't know. But I believe that all of us are going through this COVID-19 storm at least. And also for some of us. We will be going through our own challenges. After this lo uh, lockdown season. We will go through our own challenges. But when we are going through. Let's remember that the storm is not designed to kill you. But it's a demonstration of God's love. And it's also to tell you that God is in control. Begin to pray and ask God for his mercy. Like Jonah, you want to pray this prayer that Jonah prayed. You want to pray the prayer that Jonah prayed. In his tomb, he prayed and he asked God for mercy. Then Jonah cried to the Lord his God from the fish's belly and said, I cried out to to the Lord because of my afflictions. And he answered me, Out of the belly of hell I cried, and you heard my voice. You cast, for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the floods surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I, then sa I said, I have been cast out of sight. 
Yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The waters surrounded me, me, even my soul. The depth closed around me. Weeds and wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains and the earth with the bars of with its bars closed behind me forever yet you brought me up you brought me up my life from the pit O Lord my God thank you Lord we pray in the name of Jesus I pray O God and ask for your mercy even as a a church of God we pray O God that as we go through this night season, storm season. We pray, oh God, that you help us to get our minds focused back on you. Get, our oh God, our, our hearts back to you, God. As a church, our prayer is that, Lord, let us come out of this storm better than we went in. Let us come out prepared, oh God. Let us come out prepared for the end time harvest. Let us focus on you. In the name of Jesus.